That's where Duke football belongs. Why aren't they in the college football playoff rankings? How did you forget Duke? Hey, w- wait a second. What happens if Duke wins out? Uh-oh. Hold on. Let me check their... Uh, Duke is 6-3. and three. Nine and three, Duke? What? Nine and three, Duke. It's another feather in North Carolina's cap. I know. Uh, Let's talk college football playoff rankings with my friend Chip Patterson at Chip underscore Patterson from the Cover 3 podcast. I listened to you and Tom Fornelli this morning uh, reacting to the podcast. Tom, Tom is, Tom is great. I love Tom. (laughs) (laughs) Tell Tom, uh, tell Fornelli I said hi, uh, especially when he's tweeting about Napoli on Twitter. Uh, All right. Were you surprised that TCU, I wouldn't say jumped Tennessee, uh, but are you surprised that TCU is ahead of Tennessee? Yeah. I I mean. I was too. Yeah, not because of my belief of, you know, deserving or, um, you know, any of my, how I would rank these teams. I, I was surprised because I thought the college football playoff selection committee was going to look at Tennessee, which has wins against Alabama and LSU, two yeah. teams that had been in the top 10 of last week's rankings and were likely going to both be at or around the top 10 in this week's rankings and say those wins are better than what TCU has because TCU had a really bad week for its resume where Kansas state lost to Texas, Oklahoma state lost to Kansas. And then all of a sudden those ranked wins are starting to fall apart. Now, Kansas state does remain in the top 25 of the new rankings. Oklahoma state falls out. And you combine that with boo Corgan's own comments about TCU, not being a balanced team I was like, well, geez, that that doesn't bode well for the Horned Frogs, especially when we talk about the debate of four and five. But one thing that has been consistent, even as the selection committee has changed out members from year to year, the one statistic that they (laughs) all seem to agree on is the loss column. Right. (laughs) TCU has a zero in the loss column. I think that statistic more than anything allowed TCU to get the number four spot ahead of Tennessee. But I will say as they they always claim that they start over right every single week and that means that just because you're in at number 4 doesn't mean you can fall out just ask TCU that was <laughs> number 4 in the penultimate rankings put 55 on the scoreboard but was not the outright Big 12 champion they get jumped by Ohio State in the very first college football playoff so just because TCU's right. in at number 4 not even winning out though I do think winning out would guarantee it, but yeah. not even winning out could be safe for the Horn Frogs. All right, Chip Patterson from CVSSports.com, college football expert, Cover 3 podcast moderator. I just want to give, provide context for people who don't know what you were referring to because that was the very first college football playoff um, season. And yes. TCU and Baylor were 4-5 and five in the rankings, and Ohio State was 6, I believe, going into the last one. And TCU and Baylor met... Baylor, I think, beat TCU, but Baylor lost to somebody else. TCU had a non-conference win over Minnesota, right, which was like an 8-4 and Minnesota team. Baylor's best non-conference win was against, I believe, Oak Hill Academy. They played nobody that year. And when it got right down to it, there was, it was pre-Big 12 championship game. They were both 8-1. They they shared the out. They shared the Big 12 Conference title, and the loss to Baylor 
was 61 to 58. <laughs> they lost by three points on the road. Right. From number four to outside. Which I think is more, more points than Baylor's men's basketball team was scoring at the time. But Ohio State won the Big Ten. So there, it was a long way to get to that for me. Ohio State wins the Big Ten to become the outright Big Ten champion. That's something that Tennessee cannot do. Right? Unless, without, I mean, without, unless, Georgia, unless Georgia helps. Unless, Georgia has to lose the next two games. Right. So they've only got two SEC games left, Mississippi State and Kentucky. Georgia has to lose them both. Right. For Tennessee to make the SEC championship So game. because Tennessee can't be the SEC champion, then it's hard for me. Like, they can get back in if TCU loses. And I assume that if TCU loses, Tennessee will be next man up. We have we do have Ohio State and Michigan who are going to play. Uh, but if TCU does not lose again, and I would have said this anyway, even if TCU were fifth, to, to me that would have been the easiest thing for them to do because you can't say right now that TCU is a conference champion because nobody is. But if T- they had just left TCU at five and just said, yeah, Tennessee has two of the best wins in the entire uh, entire country on their resume as top 10, two top 10 wins. If TCU were to go undefeated, well, they're conference champions. Therefore, they I think they would move ahead of Tennessee. I thought it was easier for them to do this. I mean, I don't really care one way or the other because TCU is going to have to win out to get it, no? Well, they I can't mean, they are a loss. They're seven-point underdogs this week. Right, at Texas. Like this. And then whoever they play in the Big 12 – in the Big 12 championship game, it might be Texas. They still haven't played Baylor yet. They've mm-hmm. got to play Baylor on the road. It might be Baylor. It might be Kansas State, a team that they were trailing by double digits in the second half. Like, this is so difficult for TCU staring down the road to get to 13-0 and because, as you and I said last week, as you, you and I seem to agree, 13-0 and TCU is in the college football playoff. 100%. So we, but we can say that without feeling reckless because it is – an unbelievable <laughs> task to be able to get this TCU team to 13 and 0. And if they accomplish that task, you got to put, give them a shot at the national title because it would be one of the most memorable seasons that honestly in big 12 history, especially when you consider the dramatics of the mid season stretch, the way that they've consistently been able to overcome deficits. And if they go into Austin and take down Texas this weekend, and that is a, a monumental win but no breaks as they have to then go play Dave Aranda in Waco. Right. It is tough sledding for the Horn Frogs, to which in the back of at least one committee member's mind, they were probably like, yeah, let's put them at four. They won't be there for long. Yeah, probably not. I don't know what the odds are. What what are what are they pl- probably on the money line? Probably plus, uh, I don't know, 200 to win at Texas. You're right if they're two to one. I mean, at best, they're... 40% chance to win, 35% chance to win at Texas. Let's just say it's 40%. And then at Baylor, about the same. The odds of them going 3-0 and and then winning the Big 12 championship game, probably 1-8. It's so hard to beat a team <laughs> twice, and that's what right. we would be asking TCU to yeah. do, is potentially to play Texas in Austin, beat Texas in Austin, then potentially play Texas again in Dallas and beat Texas again. I mean, it would there would be no argument against a 13-0 TCU because of what TCU would have accomplished in getting there. 
Chip Patterson is joining us here. We're going to leave the two teams who I believe eliminated themselves Saturday for the second part of our conversation. Uh, I am, I'm curious your oh, thoughts. Did you do the money line math in your head? That was very good. Have uh, you well, been probability that- is easy. Okay. Probability is whatever percentage is times whatever the percentage is. So if your percentage is 40% to win a game and the next percentage is 40% to win a game, uh, you're already down to, uh, what, 0. 0.4 times 0. 0.4, whatever that is, 0. 0.1. TCU is plus 222. I thought you just did a seven-point spread to a 200 no, money I was line. guessing. That was pretty good. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you know, we place bets every day. Place your, yeah. place your bets is just making just a, every day. I, we, we should be calling you Adam Sharp Gold. Uh, it's, sharp gold here. It's so much easier to do it when there is no money in, at stake. So much easier to do. Know. I just don't care. All right, so Ohio State and Michigan. You know, for all the conversation about Clemson hasn't played anybody, like we keep just giving the Big Ten. We don't talk about it. It's a two-team league. Penn State isn't, and I, we, my opinion. Penn State isn't any better than NC State. No better. I don't think there's anybody that good in the Big Ten that we should go, hey, that's a great win. But records. Ohio State and Michigan are both undefeated, and they are 2-3 and in the poll. What chance do you give one of losing and still making the playoff? They are both very good at the metrics on the team sheet that are statistical mm-hmm. right of all the teams in the country. There are only a couple that truly have that balance that Boo Corrigan talked about balance. Ohio state, Georgia, and Michigan have offenses and defenses that both rank, you know, up in the top 10, top 15, top 25 nationally. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got USC, which has one of the best offenses in the country and the USC defense. And by the way, this is, we, we can talk about the USC-UCLA thing another time, or you can go and download the podcast. But USC's <laughs> defense is as bad as North Carolina's. Yep. <laughs> you can look at TCU's some teams. ain't that, good either, right? You can look at some teams that are really good on defense, but they've got some of the, like, NC State's offense is number 107 in the country. Yeah. In terms of teams in the top 25 of the current college football playoff rankings, no one's offense rates worse on a yards-per-play basis than NC State's. Yep. So that, that is a deserved honor. I, I think <laughs> I think that Penn State is a better team uh, than NC State, and I think that Ohio State and Michigan are getting the benefit of the doubt, not just because of being Ohio State and Michigan. Their strength of schedule rankings are not good, but even opponent adjusted metrics, which are not included in the team sheets, mm-hmm. they agree with the team sheet statistics. Right, no one else is as balanced and as elite on both sides of the ball as Georgia, Ohio State, and Michigan. No. I'm not arguing that, and I guess with so little data, so few data points, because we don't have enough games and there's not enough crossover, and so many schools waste non-conference games against uh, Michigan. I mean, who was the best non-conference game they played? Was it Connecticut? Was that the best non-conference game they played? Hey, that is UConn knocking on the door of bowl eligibility Huskies. That's why I said Connecticut. That's why I said UConn was the best non-conference game they played. So all of those things to me are schedule dependent. And this is the classic, classic don't play anybody. And your league, because you're all playing each other, looks better. It's it, To me, it's just, it's, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy 
of um, making those metrics appear better than they really are. Uh, I've seen Michigan. Michigan does does what they need to do, right? Now, they, did they blow out Rutgers? Yeah, they blew out Rutgers. I also watched Ohio State score 21 points and have to rally at Northwestern. Yes, was it windy? It was also windy for Northwestern. Like, Ohio State should have dominated that game in bad weather, but they didn't. Uh, so, I, look, I I think all of these things we can make, we can look at stats and the last I checked, all you have to do is win, which is what Boo Corrigan said about TCU. They just managed to figure out a way to win. Um, I don't know. I just all of these things seem to change. I think if TCU finds itself where it is a one-loss Big 12 champion, and mm-hmm. the Ohio State Michigan loser is an 11 and one non-Big 10 champion, they will be. It will be an incredible test of how much they value conference championships if that is the debate. Mm-hmm. If it is a one-loss Pac-12 champion against the Ohio State-Michigan loser, if it is a one-loss uh, Big 12 champion, which would only be TCU, uh, against the Ohio State-Michigan loser, that becomes a fascinating... If a one-loss North Carolina or a one-loss Clemson is going up against the Ohio State-Michigan loser, becomes a fascinating test of the original document produced in the first year of the college football playoff, mm-hmm. which said conference championships would be valued by the committee. They should be. And to the committee's credit, that very first season, they fulfilled the tenets of that document. Mm-hmm. I'm not so sure they would do it again. Maybe not. Let's. What, what, but we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about uh, Clemson, not so much Alabama, LSU, uh, North Carolina, and what their chances are going forward with Chip Patterson. Plus, I have a golf matter for you. Ooh. Ah, Chip Patterson, CVSSports.com, Cover 3 Podcast. More next. Hold on one second. That is my uh, Oscar Mayer wiener whistle. It was the wiener mobile was here, so they gave these out. I'm so sad I missed it. Ah, uh, yes, gigantic. You should have seen it. Uh, all right, let's, um, sorry. It's bigger in person, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> also depends on the angle uh, yeah. from uh, from which you're you're looking at it. Um, and I couldn't. I honestly, I couldn't lift it. So, Clemson eliminated themselves Saturday night. Maybe Alabama absolutely did with the loss to LSU. Um, but I, I heard a debate on the Cover Three podcast about the potential. And I, you were not arguing that LSU would, but you were simply arguing that LSU could, with two losses, be in the playoff conversation. And I agree, simply because the wins that they have, or and they, they would have, by the end of the season, would be too big to ignore. That they would still probably need help. Like, they wouldn't, I mean, they might not get in over a one-loss Clemson. Uh, or maybe even over a one-loss North Carolina probably would, but I don't know. Uh, or if Southern Cal or Oregon were to win the Pac-12 with one loss. But I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that LSU is in the playoff if they're 11-2. and two. And Florida State is surging. So right. suddenly, quality loss. <laughs> and you mentioned the wins because this does come down to the fact that the committee would look at LSU and they would say that this 
you know, first-year coach, mm-hmm. this transfer quarterback. It took them a while to get it going. They would apply the same kind of logic that they do Much to teams. Much improved, right? Yeah. Teams that deal with injuries, you know, teams that find a yeah. new stride at the back half of the season. But in the scenario where LSU is a two-loss team, when we wake up on Selection Sunday, that would be a team that has wins against Georgia, Alabama, and Ole Miss. And at this point in the season, all three of those teams are going to be in the top 20 right. of the final college football playoff rankings. And if Georgia is still the number one team in the college football playoff rankings and loses to LSU, then, yeah, we will make history. Because Penn State's problem in 2016, when they were a two-loss team left out of the college football playoff, they were a two-loss Big Ten champion left out of the college football playoff, their problem was that while Wisconsin, the team that they beat in the Big Ten Championship, was good, ranked number six in the country at the time, Penn State was number eight, they weren't number one. Right. If LSU wins out the rest of the way, and again, same with the TCU angle to this, we are speaking in hypotheticals as LSU is only a three-point favorite at Arkansas this yep. weekend. Still has to play a good UAB team at home and then on the road against Texas A&M, which while they've got the transfer portal flu right now, I have no <laughs> idea what kind of hilarity we might see from the Aggies at the end of the season. But Georgia, Alabama, and Ole Miss, it's a very, very good resume. Yeah. Tennessee is not going to fall out of the top 10, top 15 Mm-mm. in the college football playoff rankings. If Florida State continues to win and continues to surge, I just I think that that LSU team, even with two losses as the SEC champion, is not going to get left out. You say is not good. I see. I think could, but I think if they are the SEC champion, I think they have a chance. Like I find it hard to believe if Georgia's undefeated when they get there, and they, um, sure they're going to be, uh, then Georgia's a lock to get in, and I think they could lose to LSU and still get in, and LSU also still not get in. If, oh man, that would that would test our conference championship theory. Yeah, but but the conference championship isn't an all encompassing thing. It doesn't guarantee you anything. What it does is it's just one of the criteria, and it's something they pay attention to. Um, I don't think Georgia's getting left out, regardless uh, if they're undefeated when they get there. I think they're they're not going to go from one to five, unless I mean unless LSU just runs them. And I don't end uh, again. Is it happening? Right. We we do all these um, hypotheticals. We try to test the committee, but we also watch football every single Saturday. We study these teams. Georgia is awesome. I just told you Mm -hmm. on the other side that there's only three teams in the country that are evenly balanced, elite on both sides of the ball, and Georgia is one of them. Mm -hmm. You put out all the different graphs, and over in you know the. The top right-hand corner is where the goods are. Yeah. And Georgia's not only in the top right-hand corner, they're far away from everybody else. They're they're the best team, which is why I don't think they're getting left out regardless. And um, even if if LSU beats them, uh, I I think Georgia will go, and I think they could go, and LSU could not. Either way, uh, I, I, I would love to see this conversation take place because it would be fun. But let me ask you about... This is either Clemson or North Carolina. Clemson and UNC show up in Charlotte as 11 and 1 teams. Give me a give me a scenario or just your chance your thoughts on the winner being part of the four. You need to have the Pac-12 and the Big 12 cannibalize itself. You need to have a scenario 
where either TCU's losses in the regular season prior to the Big Mm -hmm. 12 championship game and or the championship game result, which, by the way, would be earlier in the day. We would know it by kickoff of the ACC championship game have eliminated the chances of a one-loss or undefeated Big 12 champion. You would probably also need... I think you would probably also need the Pac-12 to be in a scenario where you don't have where the conference champion is going to have two losses and maybe they don't even have another one loss team that everybody in the PAC 12 has two losses. I say that because Oregon is currently sitting at number six because USC incredibly overrated as they are are sitting there at number eight and UCLA as underrated as they are, are currently at number 12 while UCLA and USC still have quality opportunities against each other Mm -hmm. left on the schedule. In addition to the game at the end of the season, the PAC 12 championship. So you basically need to get the PAC 12 and the big 12 out the paint so that the conference champion is going to be a two loss team. Then we start to at least entertain the possibility that the Clemson North Carolina winner would be able to get in ahead of a Tennessee team that has one loss to Georgia and has been sitting on the mm-hmm. couch for conference championship Saturday after pasting three lesser opponents to close out the regular season. And I think that that would be the debate. It would be mm-hmm. your Ohio state, Michigan loser, and it would be Tennessee and whatever happens literally like between now and that ACC championship game, in addition to the ACC championship game itself, that would determine how much of a chance they have. That is the scenario though. I think we could, we could have really stopped after the PAC 12 big 12 discussion, right? Tennessee is definitely going to go. If, if, uh, if, if there isn't a reason to leave them out, it, they're eleven and one with those two, with the two wins that they've got LSU and Alabama. It's more than enough, unless Alabama suddenly loses a bunch of games, or maybe LSU loses a bunch of games. Um, they're or uh, they're going. But if NC State wins until North Carolina, North Carolina wins out. Clemson wins out. Notre Dame wins out. USC right. Florida State wins out with a win over Florida. Now, all of a sudden, you're looking at uh, a North Carolina team that is in the top 10 of the college football playoff when they meet. NC State that's probably in the top mm, 15 of the playoff rankings after potentially losing to North Carolina. Notre Dame is probably a top 15 team, maybe better, uh, maybe a top 12 team if they were to beat Southern uh, Southern Cal. Florida Three State. Three teams, even once named Notre Dame, have trouble getting up to 12, but I'm, I'm with okay. you. Okay, so, top yeah. 15. Top 15, same thing with Florida State, you know, top 20 team. If Clemson's got three wins and a quality loss, where is it on my bingo card? Mm-hmm. Uh, quality loss, lower left-hand corner. Uh, if they have three wins and a quality loss, I mean, that's worth something if they pay attention to their own rankings because I agree with you. I think the committee uses the rankings to justify things. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the stats. Rankings versus CFP top 10. Yeah. Rankings versus CFP top 25. They they create their own rankings, and then they use that to help them as a sorting tool. Sure, which I don't, I don't mind. I mean, I, I don't necessarily disagree with that. So uh, you I, think Tennessee is in if Big 12 and Pac-12 are out, along with, we assume, Georgia, and then it would be a debate with the Ohio State-Michigan winner. Ohio State-Michigan winner, 
Georgia. And then the loser against the ACC champion in the scenario that you painted. Uh, yeah, if the, if the Big 12 and Pac-12 are out, then Ohio State, Michigan winner, Tennessee, Georgia, and potentially a 12-1 and ACC champion. And actually almost give North Carolina a better chance than Clemson. But um, So we had a mailbag question today where someone said, and does it help North Carolina's case if Drake May is a Heisman candidate? And my answer, according to Boo Corrigan himself, is yes. Because they asked him about USC, and he was like, well, you know, Caleb Williams has 28 touchdowns. So <laughs> if you have a star quarterback who's on a roll, apparently our committee is going to look at you like, well, we got to give you a shot at the national championship because you've got a star quarterback. Clemson mm-hmm. doesn't have a star quarterback. North Carolina has a star quarterback. North Carolina has an explosive offense. Clemson is eh, in kind of like both categories. I mean, defensively, they're still very good, but even defensively, because they're having to carry so much weight from a putrid offense, they're starting <laughs> to see their numbers be hurt just a little bit. Yeah, I, I'm first of all, Wake is favored by three and a half this weekend. I like Carolina. Beating NC State is going to be very difficult. Mm-hmm. You know, we we are going through the same routine where it's like, yep. yeah, they're just going to win out. And NC State's just no, going to no. win out. You know, it's like Clemson could lose to South Carolina. I thought you said last week Clemson wasn't going to lose to South Carolina. I, I just, <laughs> after what I saw. <laughs> That coaching staff had yeah. two weeks to prepare yeah. for an offense that yeah. was going to do one thing. I know. Here, here's was, here's the thing. No, that, that that block punt for a touchdown destroyed them. Uh, they never recovered from that. The the my problem with Clemson for last several years really hasn't even had anything to do with the quarterback. I mean, DJ is fine. He's not great. The people calling for them to make a change of quarterback haven't watched Cade. Club Nick play. He's not doing anything when he's on the oh, field. Yeah, he is. He's scoring points for the other team. Right. I mean, I don't even understand. Like, why are we complaining about DJ? Did you watch what Cade did? So Clemson's offensive line hasn't been good enough in like four years. I don't think the scheme's good either. I, scheme or not, they're just not open. Will Shipley is a great back. And he looks just like a a guy. Because they can't block. There's just never room. Like, they didn't even run the ball at the end of the Travis Etienne era. They weren't running the ball. They were getting him the ball on the the edges in space. That's it. So It's very slow developing. Mm -hmm. Everything's very clunky. The wide receivers can't get separation. They're not good either. Um, It is wildly disappointing because the uh, ACC saw its football – pedigree raised because of the Clemson Tigers. It's football Mm -hmm. reputation boosted by the success of the Clemson Tigers. And I do not think that it was all quarterback, but I do Mm -hmm. think that the innovations that were made, starting with Chad Morris and the skill talent they were able to recruit to that program from 2011, all the way to 2018, 2019. I do think that we're now three seasons later and the game has started to move on. And that if you continue to do internal promotions and not bring in outside ideas, then you're not going to have somebody say, hey, okay, well, well, what about this that worked at this other school that I was at? If everybody's only worked at Clemson or in high schools in the state of South Carolina, then you are not changing things up a little bit. It's, uh, it's extremely disappointing. Almost sounds like we're talking about Duke football for a second. Uh, real quick, Tiger Woods. 
Forget about playing the match with Rory against Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth. Tiger's going to play the Hero World Challenge. And, mm-hmm. of course, the fifth major, the PNC Championship with Charlie. Which which event are you most interested in watching? Oh, the Hero. Oh, For man. sure. I want to see Charlie. Well, play. look, I... <laughs> Charlie's maybe, my guy. <laughs> maybe if... Uh, if one or both of my young sons uh, take to golf in a way where the, the father-son hits me a little bit harder, that then that'll be there. Oh, I don't care right about the father-son. Right our, our golf clubs are only used more like hockey pucks or hockey sticks <laughs> at this point. So it's, until we start to like slow things down. Right. All right, one last thing on the playoff. Sure. I forget the expand the playoff conversation. My abolish the playoff take will never be stronger than if we get Georgia in a playoff that includes Tennessee and Oregon, because guess what? You want to settle it on the field? They did. They played them both in the regular season right. and they beat them. Uh, look, I've been, I've been saying you want more diversity in the playoff. Go back to two, forget 12, go back to two. We'll yeah. get more diversity. All right. Chip Patterson. You're the man. It's my, uh, <laughs> my wiener whistle. It uh, sounds fantastic. <laughs> sounds good. Great to be with you. Y'all be well. Take care, Chip Patterson, here on the Adam Gold Show. It's a it's an unassuming, unoffensive whistle. I know. Right? It's, little, it's not too bad. It's a little, uh, it's just a little wiener. <laughs> yeah, and That's it's, all it is. Man. That's all it is. Yeah. All right. It's halftime. Statements.